You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett, and you already know this, but my goal is to bring you best practices from the greatest minds in all of dentistry. And today, I bring on a great guest, an amazing mentor of mine, great teacher, and every time I have her on, I learn a ton. Deborah Engelhart nash one of the most gifted people in all of dentistry. And today we talk about a hot topic, one of the hottest topics, how to get out of PPOs by blowing up the box or getting out of the box or throwing away the box or just setting the box on fire. You guys are absolutely going to love this episode. So check it out. And we'll see you guys soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. And I am crazy pumped that you're here today because if you've been listening for a while or a short while or a long while, you know there's one purpose here. It's to bring in great thinkers, great speakers, great teachers to help you improve your practice in your life. And I've got one of my favorite of all time who's been a great mentor of mine and a great teacher. And she's a great teacher and mentor to a lot of people, Deborah Engelhart Nash. Deborah, thanks for being on. Hey. Hey, Kirk. Great to see you. I'm so glad. So happy. You and I always have a great time together. We do. We do. And every time you're with me, and I've had you on the podcast before, you always, there's so many things that you do that I'm like, gosh, that's brilliant. And I was telling you before we hit the go button, like, I think you're one of the most gifted human beings in the world when it comes to verbal skills. And there are things that you say, I'm like, that is genius. So I want I want to encourage you guys. You got to check out what Deborah does. And I'll also tell this story. You know, uh, when I was a relatively new coach or consultant, you were you and Lois, I mean, all all of you were so gracious to be able to help us. And um, I've just always thought about you in that fashion. And you know, as as you guys will see today, Deborah's just a giver of great information. And today we've talked about a lot of things that we were going to talk about. We used to talk about, let's just blow up the box. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? She's like, people are trying to think outside the box. No, get rid of the box. Can you explain that? Tell us what that means. Well, yes. And I, I know you and I were speaking before and, and I'm getting a lot of calls uh, of late to help offices get away from insurance dependence, yes. you know, whatever that means, whether, and, and, and I said, well, 
it, it sounds very easy, but in, you know, if you're going to think about that, that's great getting out of the box, but you've got to really blow up the box and say, if we're going to, if we're going to change our behavior, we have to, if we're going to be, we want to behave in an above usual and customary way. So if we don't want to do things usually and customarily, then get rid of the box that you, that we pigeonhole dental practices in. We have to do it this way because this is how dental insurance, this dental offices do it. Do it your way. I mean, if, right. you, if there is a marketing cycle and they talk about, you know, patients expect certain things in offices, you know, they expect a toothbrush at their hygiene appointment. You know, they expect to be recalled. They expect cleanliness. They expect sterilization techniques. And that's expected. And then there's what we call augmented behavior. And, uh, and I'll give you an example of that. So augmented behavior is what do we do that's usual, but we do it in an unusual way. Ooh. We do it in an above and above performance way. So that's augmented behavior. I'll give you an example of augmented behavior. And, and um, I always say this in my, in my program. So, you know, patients come to the dental office. I can't believe I have to back up because I can't believe that people now on Facebook are saying we're no longer going to be offering our patients toothbrushes because it's going to, it costs us too much money. It costs us $1.25 per patient to give them a toothbrush. So we're no longer giving toothbrushes. They're paying $300 for a recare and you can't give them a $1.25 toothbrush. Oh, please don't even think about toothbrush. What else could you give them? What could right. you put in that, in that little bag? But let's talk about the little bag. So sometimes the patient comes in, they're paying $200 to $300 or more for a recare. And you give them this little plastic bag that frankly looks like a dog poop bag. Mm -hmm. You know, that plastic bag that doesn't cost you anything. You might have gotten it free from Crest or Colgate or somebody. And it's it's the kind of bag I use when I walk my dog. Right. So think about what can we do that would be exceptional? And people say, man, when I go to my dentist, I get this kind of bag. It's a TSA approved travel bag. It's got the doctor's logo on it, doctor's name on it. And I mean, yeah, does it cost a little bit more? But that's the patient to say, look it. I have a bag that endures. I have a bag that, that I keep. So that is what we call augmented behavior. Take the, get rid of the dog poop bag and, 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 and take in and bring in that little TSA approved bag. You can buy them. Um, they're not that much more expensive, but they make a, big, a bigger impact. But then we call potential behavior is that outer circle. What can we do in such a way that we, we tell ourselves we're going to get rid of the standards and be above usual and customary. So when patients say, well, my insurance company says that your fees are above usual and customary. My insurance says that, you know, your fees are higher than the fees that they're going to allow. And so my answer would be, I, I'm so glad you've given me an opportunity to address that mm. because I am sure that we have demonstrated that our behavior and our, our abilities and our professionalism, our techniques, our materials are above usual and customary. We would never want to be considered a, a usual and customary. We always want to be considered above usual and customary. And some of the things that we do are not recognized by your insurance plan. Love it. But they're recognized by you, aren't they? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And so you're going to be given this program at ADOM. And I, I want you to keep going with this because a lot of people, dentistry is an awesome profession. And you meet a lot of people just like I do that they do want to move away from PPOs. And you and I were talking about this. It's not about just writing a letter. It's not just the bag. It's that you're creating this collective experience that people are going to come to you and reach into their pocket and actually give you money. And I also want you to let them know, like, you don't live in fantasy land where 
where everyone comes with a roll of bills like wrapped in a like sometimes people think that oh you just deal with those kinds of patients can you give us the, the the reality of what you do well, sure. And, and a lot of people know that I am married to a dentist who has a general practice. Remember, general practice and right. um, who's who has spent his most of his career. Well, since the early 80s on cosmetic and aesthetic procedures. But not every patient comes to us and say, um, I'm, you know, I'm a movie star or I'm a big executive. I'm the CFO of Bank of America. Right. I mean, we have those kinds of people, but we also have school teachers and police officers and hardworking blue collar folk and stay at home mothers who still um, want to better to improve themselves. And I always say, um, if if you never tell your patients what you have to offer, they will never choose it. Well, um, you don't know what they can or can't afford. You don't know. And it, I always and I almost say this in a very scolding fashion. <laughs> um, I don't have the right or responsibility to tell to tell somebody what they can or can't afford. Um, my responsibility is to tell them um, what we could do for them and, and let them choose that for themselves. It's brilliant. So, <clears throat> so I would say, you know, what? Uh, in fact, a great analogy story. I was at a fundraiser with a woman who owned a uh, framing store. And she said, you know, I have a, I have a, um, and we, uh, how this links to treatment planning and treatment presentation is amazing. And then I have to go back to insurance and phone call and that we have to like spend a week on this phone call. Yeah. So um, have your people order pizzas. We're going to be here for a while. Oh, I love so it. she said, I have a, a frame that is a thousand dollars a square foot cost a thousand dollars a square foot and i was afraid to put it she has a gallery you know you go into a gallery a framing gallery and they usually have examples of the frames behind them on a board right they'll go to a board she said i never wanted to put it out because i thought oh my gosh no one will ever accept it and she says woman walked into the gallery one day and she said um uh, she said the the art that the woman brought in i knew would be perfect for that frame. And I said to her, and my husband says this all the time, he said, she said, would you allow me to show you the frame that I think would be the best for your art? And she said, I brought out that thousand dollar a square foot uh, frame. And of course the woman said, it's perfect. I, it's beautiful. I want it. And I think, oh my gosh, that happens in dental offices where doctors don't say, they don't bring out their thousand dollars per square foot treatment plan. They say, they can't afford it based on their address, based on their age, based on their attire. It's not something that they, that they choose. So we, 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 well, again, we behave in a usual and customary way. And worst case, in offices sometimes will treatment plan based on insurance um, allowances, insurance um, maximum. What is your maximum per year? And that's what we'll do, which I have to go back to when you were talking about phone calls that we we get frustrated and i know in the industry and i've been in the industry i think longer than most people have been alive um you know the academy of dental management consultant is celebrating their 35th year i was a founding member so yeah we're gonna do a we're gonna do like a before you quit doing all this we're gonna have a whole series of greatest things you've ever heard like a whole compilation album from crazy things yeah so but for so many years we 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 get frustrated that the the patients um are insurance dependent ladies and gentlemen we made them that way because what happens when i call your office and i say my name is deborah nash i'd like to make an appointment for a new patient exam and your first question is what insurance do you have and now we have a 10-minute conversation about uh benefits and maximums and allowances and deductibles and my copay and what it will and will not cover and what the the what we are and aren't going to do and we 
That's get that out of the box. That's that in the box thinking. So out of the box thinking is that is not why I called you. Right. I called you because I want you to make a difference in my dental life. I called you because I want you to be the I want you to be different. Yes. That's why that's why I'm either changing dentist or why I'm choosing you. I, so the question isn't what insurance do you have? The, que- the first of all, the first question is, I want to make sure that we're going to schedule the appointment that's right for you Love it. so that I can do that. May I ask you a few questions? I love it. I love it. And then the next question is, tell me what inspired you to call today. That's one of my favorite questions and I've heard you say it. Now tell us the why behind that. There's a reason you ask that. Why do you well, ask that question? Uh, first of all, um, the reason I ask is I want to engage in relationship as quickly as possible because right. truly patients are choosing our, our treatment based on relationship. 85% right. of the time we spend with our patient is building relationship, is communication. 15% is spent on clinical application. I mean, I hate to, to inform these doctors, and I am married to a brilliant one. He cannot change a roll of toilet paper, but he is a brilliant <laughs> dentist. But most patients don't come in and say, you know, I really heard about the tertiary anatomy of Dr. Nash's crowns, and I understand that he uses Tokiyama bonding uh, uh, cement, so I, th- I, this is why I'm choosing you. No. no. They hear about how well they are treated and how they, are, how they feel while they're in our care. So I want to change their thinking that it's not about insurance. It's not about um, the limitations. I want them to open their, their, their scope of thinking and say, tell me when I I called for a reason. I woke up this morning. I either wanted to change my dentist. I want to get uh, healthy. I want to change my appearance. And right now that is right now appearance oriented dentistry is huge. Right. Calling it the zoom boom. Plastic surgery and cosmetic dentistry is huge right now, but I want to make a difference in my dental life. It doesn't always have to be cosmetic. Right. So I want to find out what what was the reason behind it. What was their motivation to call? So when they say, "Well, I'm calling for this reason," I can say, "Now I understand why you chose us." Like t- typically, tell me one of your favorites. Like, what's one of your favorite things that a patient says when you say, "What inspired you to call?" You're like, "Oh, thank you for saying that." Oh, well, um, I had, I'll never forget the, the, um, first of all, well, I got to back up. I'll forget. I remember a fellow who called and said, um, Hey, um, I'm calling. He said, do you take Delta insurance? And I could say, well, I'm sorry. We don't. And we never say, I'm sorry. And we never say, we, I said, I'd be happy to tell you how we handle insurance before I do. Let me ask you a few questions. How did you choose our office? Yeah. And he said, well, I was just driving by and you're close to my work. That is not why people choose us. But I said, oh, I am so glad we're convenient. May I tell you a little bit about our office? That is typically not why people choose us. Wow. People choose us because of the way they feel when they're in our care. And when you walk into our office, you are going to immediately notice some differences about us. That's awesome. Can I tell you what they are? So he's like, so insurance became insignificant. Now he came in and he, and he had about, oh, probably, well, more than $10,000 worth of dentistry done. But the important piece was I didn't say, no, I'm sorry, you don't take insurance. I'll never forget that conversion. I love, I love it when I can convert. Okay. Two things, two things. I want you guys, if you're watching this, you can see the excitement on Deborah's face. And that's one of the key pieces is like, you're going to get challenges that come at you. 
in at the front. And you got to look at them as like, oh, that's an obstacle. And I always say the obstacle is the opportunity. Like, what a great opportunity to make this. And so I want you to listen or at least feel the energy from Deborah. The other thing I'm noticing, and you guys will notice this if you're listening too, Ross Nash is an unbelievable dentist, like one of the best ever. And it's like you need to couple that with somebody who can create value. Now, you don't always want to be on search for the most unbelievable, you know, the Deborah Engelhart Nashes of the world aren't just walking around going, hey, can I come work for you? But you can see the magic that you've created because you have to have somebody who believes in what you're doing to communicate it. And you can have, like, you can take all these courses, but if you don't have somebody that can create value up there, you're never going to do the dentistry, right? You got it. Okay. So I always say, call, we always say that at work, call on me, call on me. So here's the other, if you want to, if you want great team members, you have got to have, and I don't want to go, we could spend time talking about great culture, but I have to tell you another, my other fun conversation. Um, But we just hired a person at our front desk. And and I know right now people are talking about you can't find good people. We just hired two incredible people, but guess what? what? One of them was a dental was a patient who said someday if you ever have a, a job um i want to come work for you i love i love the way i'm treated here i love the vibe i love how you all work together and all, how you all collaborate it's palpable i can tell she moved to california so her daughter could go to college there and she could pay in-state tuition we had an opening we called her and she said my daughter graduated i'm moving back that's moving awesome back work for you then she said i have this person who's working for a dental an office that the culture's gone um cattywampus there was a, a merger things aren't you know what they how they used to be that goes back to if you're gonna merge or sell you gotta what what how's that affecting your team you and i right. talked about that she says the t it's just not the same so this um, young woman has come to us once again she left because of a negative culture or a culture that wasn't fulfilling her. And she heard about the culture that we provide or the culture that we have among our team. And she wanted to come and work for us. And she's amazing. So she heard me on a podcast yesterday and she said, Deborah, I heard you say this thing at the end of your podcast. I was listening in and you said this thing about, you said this thing about it's people work, not paperwork. I and love I said, that. I love that. Yeah. Explain also, that. I've heard you say that at the Seattle study club work, session. It was paperwork. awesome. But the other cool, the other cool call that I love, that I love to field, two, two of my other favorite calls that I love to field is how much do you charge for? Oh, I love that one. You charge for, how much do you charge for veneers? How much do you charge for cleanings? How much do you charge for? I say, you know, I'd be happy to discuss our fees with you. I never, I mean, never eh, say, I'm sorry, we don't quote fees over the phone because it sounds like we're um, embarrassed or apologetic about them or they're too high. Right. Because what happens, people, you know, if you say nothing, people connotate negativity. Right. Like if you don't give your team feedback, they think it's because you don't have anything nice to say. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. So when we're talking about um, that's a whole other podcast where we're talking about uh, growth conferences with your team, they want to hear how well they're doing. And if they don't, you know, so it's like the spouse saying, um, do, you, do you still love me? Well, of course, I'm married to you, aren't I? But I want to hear it. I want yeah, to hear it. They do. Um, I think about that song on Fiddler on the Roof. I won't sing it. Um, but my, so when I when they say, I'll be happy to discuss our fees with you. Before I do, may I ask you a few questions? Yeah. Now, to us, this is going to seem like it's um, 
it's can because I'm saying it a lot, but for this patient, they haven't heard it before. Right. So I say, how did you choose us? I, it sounds like you're looking for the best dentist. It's going to give you the, you know, the, you know, what is the, your best investment? How did you choose us? And they say, well, I Googled you. That's, you know, I Googled you. Right. I say, you know what? I'm so glad you found our reviews. I'm so glad you found our site. And I say, may I tell you a little bit about our office? Most of our patients do not choose us because of we are the lowest fee. They choose us because of the quality of care. Because here's our, our in our office, if you um, if you paid $400 or $4,000, if you're not happy, you paid too much. Right. So, our, our, so if you're looking for the lowest fee possible, we may not be the office that you choose. We may not be right for you. But if you're looking for someone who have great respect for whatever level of investment you're going to be making, we're going to be the office that you want. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, it goes, but it goes back to, you have to believe to be believed. And, you know, we were talking about doctors looking for people. Um, if I have a doctor and I'm going to be kind of crass here, I promise I won't swear, but if I have a, noc- a doctor who nickel and dimes their, their, their team members, yeah. team members aren't going to go to bat for them on the no, phone like they're this. Not. Yeah. They're going to nickel and dime the doctors. So we always say, if you're going to work for us, there's three things you need to know. Tell so, us. If you're gonna work, so here's our culture and it's, it's quick and easy. Um, I don't even know if we, we weren't going in this direction. But hey, I, I, I've I got a whole page of notes. Are. You keep going. And I hope you guys are listening, getting pages of notes. So this is awesome. Say, I mean, I was, when I'm uh, interviewing an applicant, I'll say there's three things you need to know if you're going to come and work here. Okay. Number one, we hire grownups. Ooh. We, don't have time, we don't have time to babysit. We're okay. too, we want to take care of our patients. So we, we, don't, we really don't have time in our schedule. We're very busy and we want to make sure that we're giving our patients the ultimate in customer care. So we don't have time for drama. You know where your cell phone's supposed to be during working hours. You right. know how to behave as a grown up. Behave that way. Right. Number two, keep your knees bent. We're gonna, there are gonna be changes along through the day. Right. Uh, Dr. Nash may decide, or Dr. Wormlinger, cause we have two doctors. Dr. Nash will decide that he might wanna take a direct restoration case and turn it to an indirect restoration case. Or he might want to say, hey, I want to photograph this case. It's going to be a good case study. And now we've got to stop and get the camera. And we've got, don't be prepared. Be prepared for change. Be prepared. Don't get your panties in a wad over that. Just, you know, keep your knees bent. And then we say the number three, and probably the most important is you get what you give. And this goes back to the conversation we were having. If I'm going to ask my team to give their all to me, I need to give my all to them. Amen. So that is I think awesome. I mean, it's absolutely critical that first of all, we have to understand that we we've, we've hired people who have lives and we need to respect those lives. Um, and if we do that, when we ask them to maybe go the extra mile, which by the way, the, the great thing about going the extra mile is there's not much traffic. That's so um, well said. I love it. So, go, if, if I'm going to ask my team to go to the extra mile for me, man, I need to go to the extra mile for them. That's so, so true. So that's that culture of, so when I am on the phone with patients, I am excited about talking about their practice because I'm excited to be there. Yeah. I can't imagine waking up every morning and going to a job that I hate. I just can't imagine. So, because it's going to come across on the phone. It's going to come across when I talk to the patient. You know, it's just, I'm just calling to check on your recall. I mean, it's just a recall. I think the most important question that a hygienist asks, I'm jumping there, it's not just a recall. It's not just a cleaning and exam. The most important thing that a hygienist does is when he or she is reviewing that patient's record and she sees that there's an outstanding treatment plan, before she launches into anything clinically, she 
I mean, body language is what 80% of how we communicate. She or he backs up a little bit, sits back and says, I see that the doctor has recommended a treatment for you that we haven't yet to complete. So tell me what has prevented you from having that done? Wow. And then be quiet and let the patient say, it's too much money. Um, I'm too busy. Um, I don't see the value in it. I don't think I need it. It's not bothering me right now. But if you never ask the question or if you say, well, you know, doctor mentioned you needed two crowns up there on the upper right. I know. Okay. I've got 40 minutes. Let me clean your teeth. And an end of conversation. Yeah. As you guys can see, this is why I love hanging out with Deborah. Every single time you bend my brain. This is awesome stuff. Like I literally, I have all these questions that I get all the time. I think we could just do a Q and a with Deborah and you just create so much value for us. And I absolutely love it. So but again, I mean, that's out of the box thinking. That's right. a hygienist saying, I am thinking out of the box of I have 40 minutes and I have these muscular motions per minute that I have to do. That's also out of the box of, I mean, and you talk about uh, data and analytics so well, it's not only how much am I producing per day, what additional treatment is being diagnosed and accepted out of that operatory. Okay, go back to that. That's a big deal. That's a very Dude. big deal. There's so much treatment in all those charts. All of, and so, so we sometimes we scramble for new patients, and I say, wait a minute, you can, you know, you can brag to me about your attraction. You can brag to me that you have fifty new patients a month. I want to also know what your attrition rate is. Right. I want to know your attrition. I also want to know is of those fifty new patients, how many said yes to treatment, and what was the value of the treatment they said yes to. I'll never forget this phone call. I mean, this happened years ago, and people have heard me say it. So this doctor called me and he says, I have 30 single practitioner. And he said, I get 35 new patients a month and I need 50. I said, well, tell me about the third. Tell me what you're doing with the 30, 35 solo practitioner. That's a lot of patients. Absolutely. Depending on what? Right. Lots. So I said, well, tell me about what are you doing with the 35 patients you're, you're attracting right now? He said, well, I have 100% case acceptance rate. 100% case acceptance rate. No one has that. No, no one has that. And I said, really? Wow. So I'm thinking, wow, if, if we had 100% case acceptance rate, we're in the 70s, but our average value per patient is about $8,900. Yeah. Because we have $60,000 cases and we have $2,000 cases. Russ did a $2,800 case today. Right. So, so he said, I, I said, well, what is your value? What is your treatment plan value that the patients are accepting? Yeah. And he said, $400. So the question is, do you really need more new patients or should you talk about how you can elevate your acceptance rate on the patients you're already attracting? I, lo and I love that. Okay. Can I just ask you this? Cause I've never asked you this. So this is a big one. I get, I get this from dentists all the time. They have like 4,800 patients and I'm like, well, how many doctors Two. I'm like, okay, all right, stop. Stop. Do you want to be everyone's dentist? No, but I need more new patients. I'm like, oh Lord. And we have like seven insurances. Okay. From your perspective, you guys don't have 10,000 patients come into your office. Do you like how many patients do you? Well, I think that's a, that's the question you got to answer is how much, how many, you know, type of a thing, yeah. right? Well, if you, if you take a look at total, um, that's one number. But if you take a look at the number of patients we've seen in the last 18 months, yeah, it's very low. So total, Total, we have 5,800 patients. However, in the last 18 months, less than 2,000. Wow. And that's for two doctors, essentially. Well, or doc he, he, yeah. he joined us in December. Yeah. But you and I talked about this. Um, we're slated to do probably, and you know, once again, I wear my heart on my sleeve. My husband wears my heart on my sleeve. Our practice, our goal every month is about 195 for okay. the two because, our, because Ross works part-time, yeah. right? 
we've exceeded it by $30,000, $50,000 every month since January. That's awesome. Because the team is fired up. First of all, because the team is on a bonus. Right. And you're giving them a great bonus because it's based on collections and you know what they earn it. The doctor never resents giving it. And there is, and I also have to think we won't talk about bonuses today, but if you're going to offer a bonus plan, Oh my gosh, Kirk, we're like, we're like octopus. (laughs) I'm tracking you. I got you. I I got you girl. I got you. Octopus are invertebrate, but they have feelings. I I heard this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to think about that when I have calamari. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. I I love great calamari, too. But I'm going to say, if if you're going to do a bonus plan, don't make it so convoluted that your team can't figure it out. And if if it looks like it's in the favor of the team and you're feeling resentful, then you've got the wrong bonus or you've got the wrong attitude. I mean, so so it's... There were, there were, if there's a month and we base it on a three month floating average of collections, but if there's a month that for some reason the team didn't get the bonus, Dr. Nash, um, Ross would be bummed. He'd say, oh my gosh, they didn't make their bonus. I say, yeah, well, you know, that's, that, that that's the math. It's the math. Mm-hmm. So he is as excited about handing that check to them. And he'll say, how much did they make? How much did they get? What was their bonus? There was a book. And he loves it when it exceeds a thousand dollars per employee per month. He loves it. That's he awesome. He loves handing that to them. And here's the new, the cool thing. The new owner, he said, I don't want to change a thing. I want to perpetuate this legacy. It's working. I want to continue it working. And he says, I want to do, and we've added a lot of new technologies and a lot of new things, but he said, I just want to perpetuate what's working. Yeah. So I mean, that's pretty awesome. But we have a team that that every team knows. First of all, we're major fans of everybody's cross trained. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me you can't do it. If you don't if you don't want to do something, there's two reasons. You don't know how you don't know or you don't want to. OK, explain oh. cross training, though, because everybody has a different different definition. Oh, every single one of my team members knows how to check a person out and how to check a person in. They know how to collect money. Right. Every single one. Even now, your assistants know how to my, do that. Even the assistants, even the, sometimes the hygienists will see, I mean, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> it drives me cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So I got a patient coming out and maybe we didn't collect the money before they before they went back. So we're yeah. going to collect the money as they walk out, right? My receptionist or my treatment coordinator, my, finance, my front office uh, administrator is on the phone, right? My hygienist is walking the patient out. She sees that the two people at the front desk are occupied and she asks the patient to take a seat so we could collect her money. Really? Really? So I want you to, you're going to, I want you to pay me, but could you go ahead and have a seat and wait over there for a few minutes before we take your money? Mm. No, no. So what, we, what, what my, what our hygienist says, you know what? Oh, I see that Monique, I see that Rhonda's they're tied up with another patient. Um, let me take off my, my, my jacket Cause they have to take off their PPE jacket. Right. Let me take that off and I'll be, I'll come around and I'll go ahead and walk you out. So you don't have to wait. Yeah. That's awesome. That is so I mean, awesome. But so, it's a mindset that you guys created. You created oh, that mindset. You yeah. reinforce that mindset. And that's yeah. what you're talking about is blowing up the box or throwing out the box is you don't want to think like you used to think, you know? Don't think like you, because think about this. You're right. No matter, all work is elective. All work is elective. Okay, explain that because that's one of my favorite definitions you provide too. Explain all that. work is elective. I don't all? have to do, do you mean all? all? I don't have to do anything. Right. I don't have to clean my teeth. Don't tell me that. I mean, you have a person coming in there who, and and you're talking about saving a tooth because you want them to chew better, and they're thinking, you know what? 
you look at you look at their body and I'm not denigrating body structure or body and you look at them and thinking this is a formidable person doesn't look like they've been having a problem chewing and you're going to now tell them that they're not going to be able to eat if they don't take care of this tooth Mm -hmm. don't think that's going to fly right so so there's a there's a wonderful release when you say to the patient you know what we're going to we what we'd like to do would you allow me to tell you what I could do for you if you gave me carte blanche if, if you would allow me to provide my best, this is what I think it would, is best for you. You don't have to choose it. Right. Now, what that does for the patient's psyche is they don't feel they're being manipulated or sold to. They don't feel they're being pushed into anything. So now it gives them the freedom. When you say, would you allow me to tell you what I, what I could do for you? Would you yeah. allow me to tell you? And they say, yeah, they don't. And we say, you know what? You don't have to choose this. So one of the things that we say rather than, um, and I think what you're alluding to, rather than saying, we're going to have an examination, we're going to take all your radiographs, you're going to do study models, we're going to do periocharty, we're going to do oral cancer screening exam, we're going to take out your tonsils, we're going to, and, we're gonna, and then we're going to give you a treatment plan, tell you what your insurance is going to cover, tell you what your out-of-pocket expense is going to be, and uh, Right. So, yeah. Eh, out-of-the-box thinking. Well, it also, one of the things you said is like, it also tells you that you have, it's given you space to tell the yeah. patient what you could do best yeah. for them the and not be limited by stop with that whole menu. And I worked with a guy who was actually a, f- a f- uh, previous, he was the president of the AACD yeah. and his receptionist would say, here's what's going to, here's what's going to happen at your first visit. All new patients get a da da da. And she went through the list and the, then they had a 50% no show cancellation rate for new patients. Wow. Well, that's not exciting. That's no. not, you know, that's like Kraft macaroni and cheese. That's not lobster mac and cheese. So I said, um, so what happens is we say, you know what? The most important thing, the most important person you're going to meet at your appointment will be the doctor. Mm-hmm. Because we want you to feel comfortable and confident that you've chosen the right office for your care. Love it. And we're going to, we're going to give, we're not, we're going to tell you what you need. We're going to give you the information to help you choose what is right for you. Love it. Love so rather it. Rather than. I mean, what I could tell you, Kirk, you need to eat more, I don't know, you need to drink more milk, you need to eat more chocolate. You're going to say, no, I don't. But if I say, Kirk, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, I'm going to give you information um, to help you maybe, maybe change your, your dietary habits and make some, make, make some better choices for you. I mean, I'm not going to even pretend to be Uche, but right. Uche says, I'm going to give you information. Do with it what you will. Right. I mean... So I think that's a, the same situation where we're talking to our patients about rather than saying, we're going to tell you what you, we, you need, we're going to give you information to help you choose the right care. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I know I wish I could have you all day because I have like 30 more questions I want to ask you. And um, I'm going to have you back and again and again and again. And again. Give us a, some last couple thoughts. Like I really love the idea of throwing away the box or getting okay. rid of the box. What are some other limiting beliefs that you see happen with dentists? Never make insurance the bad guy or oh, the good guy. Yes. Or so the good, I, wait, 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 go back to that. What do you mean? Don't make insurance the bad guy or the good guy. Oh, you have um, insurance. Well, here's what we can do because you have this insurance. No, it's 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 an allowance. It's not a benefit. You have a dental allowance and we'll help you utilize that allowance. Um, and here's one of the things I always say is, you know, when people ask whether or not we take insurance and we don't, and I'm not saying that that's the always the right thing to do for everybody. But I always say this, you know, Dr. Nash made a decision that he would offer his patients one standard of care they would not be compromised by the exceptions, limitations, or exclusions of any plan. Love we it. will do our best to help you receive whatever allowance you have coming. 
without compromising our standards. But I think the, but, but once again, I'm not going to say that, you know, oh, your insurance is terrible or, oh my gosh, your insurance doesn't cover very much. Your insurance is stupid, stupid. And uh, once again, we talked about this. That's like telling a mother that her baby is ugly. <laughs> you don't want to ever do that. You don't ever, ever want to do that. So, yeah. you know, this now is wait, explain that more too. You got to explain more because sometimes people really value that and they don't really understand it. And we're, we're crushing it right away. Right? Yeah. So we say, oh, you have this terrible insurance, you know, and they're, you know, they're, they don't cover very much. Well, now, I mean, you can say you, you reverse it and say, you know, you are in the you are among the 50 percent of Americans who actually have dental in some kind of dental allowance. Congratulations. OK, that's awesome. There, yeah. may, there may be some um, exclusions and exceptions on your plan that may be incongruent or, the, you know, that may not sync with the quality of care that we provide, but we'll help you receive whatever allowance your employer has provided for you. That is so awesome. So isn't that great? Yeah, we're going to do our best. To, you know, your, your, your employer provided, has a provided a dental allowance for you. That's fantastic. And we'll do our very best to help utilize that. Deborah, you have one of the most amazing gifts ever. Now, I've heard you like 50 times. Every time I hear I hear something, I hear it a new way, a different way. I hear new things. I'm telling you guys, you have to follow what Deborah does. You got to reach out. Now, Someday, I, I'm going to have to come on and talk about how, and we did this with Gary Raz, we did this with Bob Lowe's, how people, well, a couple things. People would, you know, everybody knows my husband's a fee-for-service, cosmetic aesthetic focus practice, and everybody said, it could not be sold. He's a unicorn. Mm. No one's going to want to buy this practice. Um, and everybody says, what happens when the patient says, I only want to see the senior doctor. I don't want to see the new doctor. I only want to see the, I only want to see Dr. Nash. I only want to see Dr. Um, Bradley. I only want to see how do you incorporate and in helping that patients understand, appreciate and accept the new doctor. Okay. We're doing patient. a whole episode on that. A whole program on that. Okay, watch. This is going to be my sales. I'm going to, would you come back once a month and we'll just, you pick the topic. I also, I mean, there's, there's like nine shows I want to do with you now. <laughs> I want to do one on growth conferences. I want to do one on transitions. I want to do, I mean, this is amazing. I'm just so grateful because you it's are. always fun with you. Oh my gosh. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy every minute of it. Like you add so much value to all of our lives. I'm so grateful. Now I want people to find out more about you. I want you to tell them about your business academy. I want you to also tell them about the courses that you do at the Institute. I want them to tell, you know, if you haven't seen Deborah speak, you got to see her speak. You're going to be doing a program for Adom. Tell us about all of that. Where are oh, you going to be? How do I find out more? Next thing coming up is AGD in Orlando. I'll be there. And I'm talking about um, I'm talking about communication update from phone call to recall. So I'm talking three hours on communication and language skills. You got to go. That's the topic. How do I say? How do I say this? What do I say? And when I'm, you know, people write it down. And then um, at ADOM, the American Academy of Dental Office Managers in Scottsdale, I'm doing two programs. One is treatment planning, treatment acceptance, presenting treatment, and presenting financial arrangements two topics that are really kind of linked together. And then I'm also doing that out of the box thinking, how do you set your box on fire so that your practice is seen as above usual and customary. So when you present an above usual and customary fee, your patients understand and appreciate it and accept it. So, cause here's one of my other, uh, so we'll talk about that, but I have to say one other thing. Uh, and, and um, you're so sweet. Yeah, we do have a Nash Institute. So we have clinical courses. I also have a dental business school, two days, training from you know phone call to recall to analytics to radical focus 
We do that at the Nash Institute in Charlotte, North Carolina. But here's one of the things I always say to doctors. And, and when I first met my husband, people think I got into this industry because of him. No, I'm still in it in spite of him. Right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you were, you were pretty good before you met him. Like you were an excellent, unbelievable teacher. And he was a guest for me at a study club in Oregon. That's, you know, so, but I always say, you know, it's one thing. And I said this to him, it's one thing to know how to do the dentistry, how to be a great clinician. That's one set of skills. It's another thing to know how to communicate so that your patients understand and accept those skills. And those are two different skill sets. So I do that part of it on how you help your patient understand, appreciate, and accept the the beautiful dentistry that you have to offer and that you want to provide. So we do that at Dental Business School at the Nash Institute in Huntersville, North Carolina. People can find me online. And I really tell, give people my cell phone number and I'm happy to do that. And here's why. Please, yeah. Because I'm on the road. So if you call my office, you oftentimes will get a recording and sometimes it call forwards to me, but... Um, text me and say, hey, I'd love to have a conversation. I don't have a meter on my phone. I do have weave on my phone, but I don't have a meter. Mm. Um, It's 704, which is a Charlotte uh, area code. And it's 904-3459. And it's Deborah Englehart Nash at gmail.com. And my website is Deborah Englehart Nash. And I have a couple articles and I have a couple uh, tip sheets that you can print off of my my website. 15 um, quality service cues for your team. Um, The 10 and 11 commandments of teamwork. That's those are all on my my website. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys have to check those out. So. If you're not taking notes while listening to this, don't worry. We're taking them for you. Our writers will put all of these in the show notes. So if you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, doesn't matter. Just flip up to the show notes. You're going to see Deborah's phone number will be in there. Her website will be in there. The Nash Institute, the business courses, all those links will be in there. And Deborah is truly, when you say you get what you give, you are one of the greatest givers in all of dentistry. And I'm so grateful to call you my friend. And I'm telling you, like... I so, every, every time I think I've heard it all, I hear something new from you. It's well, awesome. my 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 real, you know. And again, I'll be very transparent. Um, I've been in this industry a long time, and my friends who are non-dental, they don't yeah. get it. You know, we, we have a special community, don't you think? Right? I agree. It's a special thing. So my friends who are non-dental, they like my community services things that I do, and my human trafficking stuff that I do here. They say, "When are you going to retire?" And I say, "When I no longer love it." When I know, or when I'm, or when I'm no longer relevant, if I'm, and if, you know, if you stop learning, you stop growing. So, oh my gosh, think about the receptionist or the office manager who learned how to do dentistry using a pegboard and a, uh, a, a appointment book and who, how archaic that would be. So you and I know that we have got to continue to be relevant. We have to keep learning, have to be good. When I'm no longer relevant, when this is no longer fun, when I no longer feel that I'm contributing to our industry and, and, the, and the, beautiful, um, the beautiful community that we have in our profession, then I'll stop. But yeah. so far- Well, let's hope upright. that's not for so a very- very that's not for a very long time because i need your help and i know a lot of people listening need your help you are amazing so thank Thank you you. so much and uh stick around while i say goodbye to everybody else but thank you guys for listening i'm gonna have deborah back over and over whether she wants to or not i'm gonna make her come i'm gonna make her come back (laughs) 
And uh, we're going to cover a lot of topics. So make sure you check out all of the th- great things that she does. Make sure you download her stuff. It is fantastic. I download a lot of stuff. Her stuff is excellent. It's really well done and you will appreciate it. And so will your team members. And uh, um, just thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share with your friends, keep sending us things that you guys want to see. And until we see you guys next time, keep watching, keep listening to the best practice show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.